Welcome back to Drinks First. Today I have an exciting guest and new-ish friend of mine. I think we're coming up on our year anniversary of yeah, I meeting because it, be, it was around Halloween last year that I met you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to let you introduce yourself. So if you don't mind telling me where you're from, how old you are, where you live in New York now, and I'll follow up with some more questions after that. <laughs> yeah, um, I am from Seattle originally. Now I live in Williamsburg and I've been here for about a year. I'm 25. I um, am a software engineer by day. Otherwise, I've been making music, doing events and creating clothing now for seriously, like under the same brand for about two years, but for about 10-ish years now in that space. And um, yeah, that's that's kind of the the basic gist for now. <laughs> did you go to college? And if so, where and what did you study? Yes, I went to USC. So from Seattle to Los Angeles for four years. And I studied computer science and a minor in music production there. And then in between, studied in London for about six months. And then also kind of did this internship, was seeing someone out there for a little bit. And I realized I had a lot of family out there as well. So I kind of posted up for another four or five months. So I was there for almost a year. So Seattle... London, New York City. And LA, yes. And LA. <laughs> yeah. So what brought you to New York? Uh, primarily music. So I graduated in 2020, you know, Zoom University, and ended up moving back to the suburb of Seattle, which I'm from, which is, you know, fake Seattle, but it's called Bellevue. And stayed with my parents for a little while, started at Amazon, did not like it one bit, but kind of messed around and ended up at Amazon Music. And that was kind of like the start of where I find myself now in the kind of tech space. Was there for about a a year and a half or so. And then I would say last year in May, um, I left Amazon and, you know, basically ended up saying, all right, I need to now make the moves to get to New York at some point. I kind of had a feeling, but um, joined a startup, started by some USC kids as well. And I moved September 1st. And then within about two and a half months of being here, I was laid off. And then I decided to take some time, figure things out again. At that point, you know, it was two and a half months. So very much not settled in New York, contrary to what I thought at the time. And then joined another company now in April that basically is a proper music industry company. It like powers the billboard charts. It's called Luminate Data. But yeah, it's, a, it's been a fun time. So kind of now coming up on a year or just about a year now, and um, it's feeling very different from the last year where I was just not settled at all. You know, meeting you, I think at that point I was fully kind of in the mix, just not knowing what was going on. And then, yeah, here we are, you know, and you know, <laughs> building know. the brand as well, right, on the music side. Because at Seattle, I had built a pretty successful event series and kind of persona in the city. But that is the equivalent of me telling you I'm the tallest midget. So, you know, at that point, it's like, you're the biggest DJ in Seattle. I'm like, where? You know, that was that's kind of the first responses that I get when I tell people that in New York. So I kind of wanted the, the, the competition and just honestly, like the creative inspiration, right? You meet so many cool people on a daily basis here. You just need emotional and, you know, sensory kind of stimulation. So you said that you've been doing this kind of like music, clothing brand events thing for officially two years but largely 10 years like yeah, yeah. you want to talk a little bit about that because <laughs> sure. 10 years ago you were 15 <laughs> yeah exactly and that that all kind of checks out I mean um I, my dad was a DJ and a producer as well and in fact he also had his own event series in Seattle um way back in the day but you know my parents kind of adding some more context are from India from Bombay which is you know the biggest city in India 
And they moved to Seattle in the 90s for basically for my dad to be an audio engineer. That was kind of his dream. So, you know, he was in between Chicago, Miami, and Seattle. And then, of course, in the 90s, you had all the grunge bands, right? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. He's like, I want to track vocals for those groups. And, you know, he went to the Art Institute there, became a studio technician, was tracking vocals for, I think, like, Mud Honey and, you know, Allison Chains. And I think he had a session with Chris Cornell once. So, you know, your classic Seattle Lords. Um, and then, you know, th- my parents basically had me and were like, oh, okay, this is, you know, now we got to get serious. And my mom, you know, God bless her, has been holding it down at like a actual stable job the entire time. And then my dad kind of finessed into to tech, into IT, and then um, basically started doing his event series. So that's what I grew up on. And then, you know, early on, I would say middle school or sorts, I learned how to DJ, learned how to make music because he was also doing the same thing. And then doing various things in middle school. I remember DJing various like, you know, dances and whatnot and some random stuff in high school. And then I think immediately in college, I started DJing within LA and around campus. And yeah, that's kind of how I've kind of been loosely connected. And I was doing a lot of stuff in fashion in high school as well. Used to be a stylist at Nordstrom, started some various streetwear brands and, you know, I've kind of always enjoyed that world too. So now we're just in a place where we can combine all the all the interests. It's fun. Yeah. So Apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah, honestly. And you know, having an Indian parent that kind of critiques your music is certainly a uh, an experience. That's a different breed. Yeah. It's like you know your your kicks are not in key and your mixing is this and that and it's like you know tighten up this and that and like you know now we're at the point where things are a little less frictional in terms of getting adjusted and stuff and you know knowing you can carry a crowd, but. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting upbringing, which I'm very very thankful for. Are you an only child? I am, in fact, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> All the attention was on you. Yeah, exactly. I think that was primarily like the why the focus and why the opportunities came. Right. I mean, I don't think a lot of people are. I, I've definitely lived a very very lucky life to be able to have lived in a lot of cities and get that sort of resources and focus. But um, yeah, sometimes I get like, oh yeah, you know. I could have told you you were an only child. And sometimes it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like, you know, you seem nicer than the lot. So I'm like, cool. All right. Well, well, we'll hit this at a neutral then. You were saying that part of the reason you came to New York was because you wanted to get a little more inspired. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you spent four years in L.A. How come you weren't drawn to going to L.A.? Oh, man. Uh, great question. I mean, first off, like, I think the food scene and the just general nature in LA is beautiful. And I think going to college there was perfect, right? It's like you get that almost like mental freedom to explore because the weather is just perfect year round. And I think that is the biggest kind of advantage. But in terms of people and, you know, people make everything you I think the ideal place is somewhere where the people in your environment, you're like, you know, inspired to be like them. And I just wasn't really feeling that in LA, you know, it's just it definitely that superficialness. And I also think that there's a lot of people in LA that have kind of made it and they go to LA after wherever city or country that they've made it from. And I think like, it's a good place for a later stage in life. You know, I think the dream of course, and I, I constantly have the the visions and fantasies of like waking up on a Saturday in Malibu and like my gorgeous home, making some beats in the morning, having coffee, whatever else lady and a dog involved. I don't know. But um, I think for now, it's like, I think you you need somewhere where people are kind of in a similar stage, you know, wanting to make something happen. And that just didn't feel like LA, at least for me right now. So you're coming up on your like, freshman year of yeah. New York City, like yeah, you're could. just finishing <laughs> yes. out on it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people kind of refer to their first year in New York kind of like 
freshman year you're getting yeah. acclimated and you want to <laughs> do all the things you want to meet yeah. all the people you want to eat everywhere and like you you would kind of mention this like a little earlier your food scene in new york was a little more compelling than it is in la um mm-hmm. and i know you're like me where you're a foodie you enjoy yeah. good eats oh yeah so one question i ask everybody is mm. where do you like to eat and where do you like to go out oh are we talking specific like restaurant and club or are we talking locations specific restaurants and clubs you know there is a place near me in Williamsburg that I I like I just have a soft spot for because I came here on my apartment tour and just every time I've gone back to that place it's just the same great experience it's um, Antidote in Williamsburg and you know there's a lot I'm gonna probably get some flack for this but I just have never thought birds of a feather lived up to the hype Isn't it the same owners or am I wrong? Actually, that I'm not sure about, to be honest. But whatever they're doing at Birds is not happening at Antidote. And I think Antidote is for the better. And, you know, plus on the West Coast, I will stand by this, that we do have... Better Asian food? Better Asian food. You know, you've heard this before. And, you know, food quality, I think, in general might be a little better, especially fish. But Antidote has that that soft spot for me. Mm. Um, where I like to go out, come on now, you know that's not a fair question. There's just too much. Um, you can give multiple restaurants and multiple okay, uh, okay. clubs. I mean, Antidote bars. is more of like a, you know, upscale kind mm-hmm. of more modern dim sum place. But, you know, um, there's Dim Sum Palace in the Lower East Side that I've been recently introduced to and I love it. It just, you know, you're the only like non-Chinese person there when you walk in and that's a great Isn't feeling. it a late night spot too? I think so. I've yeah, definitely seen it. I think it's like open until like two, three a.m. Yeah, totally, totally. I think part of being the freshman year is that you're still like not, you know, like I'm still building a lay of the land a little bit, right? There's so many spots on my list still. Um, if we think about like really incredible meals, though, I, I mean, I think on the Italian side, like you know, that Sicilian restaurant in the Lower East Side, um, Fischteria Pistoia. I think I butchered that name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fiasca. Teria Pistoia. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know. I, I don't yeah, even know if I'm saying that right. Yeah. But. I think I think it's karma for our, every time our names have been mispronounced. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so that that place, I just remember every time I go there, it's just a wonderful experience. The food, it's flames. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, right? Um, clubs and bars, man. Um, I love lounges and like nice places. It's interesting because Brooklyn, I don't really think has lounges. Like the same way you have these like nice kind of upscale cocktail lounges mm. in Manhattan. And that's the one part of the city that I really do love. And I love kind of checking those spots out. But then, of course, from a music standpoint, a lot of the times the way I go out is like DJ driven. And, you know, I always have a great time at Nowadays and Public Records. And I think I fantasize about like Eavesdrop actually doing like a proper kind of standing room only dance vibe because it's got everything it needs for that. Um, But yeah, it really all depends. There's a place in Gowanus, which I just, I saw Kate Trinata there on this like secret show back in March. Like he didn't even announce it. He just kind of showed up there, but someone through the, the Bushwick ecosystem told us about it and we were like, all right, let's do it. But that place is called quantum fantastic club. I mean, it, you know, in the back of the DJ area, they have these like very interestingly placed like platforms and it feels like people are on top of the DJ and from like a design standpoint, I love that. And also as a feeling as well, being able to just kind of turn around and you get that energy kick is cool. Yeah, I love getting uh, like DJ's perspective on where to go out because they know about sound <laughs> quality and and what they're looking for in terms of vibes. So, I mean, yes. you gave a lot of good Brooklyn recs. Do you have any <laughs> Manhattan spots that you like? I mean, uh, 
We're definitely no stranger to this place, but my favorite club in the city, I think, has to be Outer Heaven. You know, you talk about just a place with great drinks, good vibe. It has also the intimacy of these little tiny like hallways and kind of separate tiny rooms and and like, you know, enclaves where you can just escape into. And you talk about sound, right? Like you're able to have a conversation there without really raising your voice, but everything is still kind of clear and tight. And that's just like, you know, peak just perfection, I think, in a, in a place. And it's small enough where people are intimate and social. And, you know, Jack, I've met him a few times. I know you're, he's been on the podcast, funny he's enough. He's been on he's, the podcast, yeah. He's been one of those people who's unexpectedly been very unique to talk to and, and I would say overall supportive and just kind of pushing me. I've, of course, you know, asked him a bunch of times to DJ at Outer Heaven, but he's very much been like, I want you to do it. You know, you're technically there. I want you to just push yourself because, you know, Manhattan – brings a certain type of crowd where whatever you do sonically so you know getting into your your kind of deeper selections and seeing what you can do would be would be cool for us and that's what he told me so that's what I'm working on right now so we'll see what happens well those are the spots obviously <laughs> yes. I mean yeah. you know I'm a fan of outer heaven as well mm-hmm. but let's uh let's get into it yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay let's get into it we it like I said it's your first we're coming up on your first year you just mm-hmm. did early September and yep. we met about a year ago at a party where that you were DJing at yep. and what have you kind of learned and acclimated to in the past year of being in New York? Oof. Oh man. Oh man. Okay. Um, I think we need to break this down in terms of categories, right? So, you know, I think the first eight months is truly just understanding the territory, right? Like I would remember these feelings of like, oh, you know, you'd go out in an area, go out to a club or a neighborhood and you're like, yeah, I kind of get the vibe. Like I kind of understand it. And, you know, I'm trying to build like a mental map of where things are, how the scene is operating. But it's like, just when you think you kind of have a sense, it's like the floor underneath you drops out and you're kind of exposed to this whole other world, right? Of either people or DJs or, you know, something that's just like, wow, I didn't even know this existed. That was the first eight months, honestly, right? And of course, being from Seattle, having not spent any time on the on the East Coast, when people say they're from New York or from Westchester or Long Island or Jersey and what in the different counties, I feel like a complete NPC, like a tourist at that. And just like, wait, okay, so where is this again? You know, and like the idea of summering and all of that. So that's, you know, that's, that's like... First, I think the first year is, is kind of painting that mental map. And then Seattle, I, I was able to move very frictionless, right? Um, I had some of the contacts even from my from my dad as well, club owners and whatnot. And then once I had even just a little bit of, you know, of a reputation, I was able to just very quickly knock on doors at clubs and be like, all right, let's make it happen next month on a Saturday, whatever. And I think New York, they do even business a completely different way in nightlife. And I think that has been huge. Just understanding how people think, how people operate, I've always liked the less passive, more kind of honest and direct way. So it's been a relatively easier thing to transition to because I can imagine the other way would be even worse. But that's the main thing from a kind of business and overall environment thing. But I would say on the more social and sort of relationshipy love stuff, man, um, Seattle's a very, the way I'd like to describe it is it's issues of scarcity on the West Coast, not even just Seattle versus kind of issues of abundance over mm. here. Where Seattle, it's never, there's never enough sunny days, as we all know. There's never enough cool things to do. There's never enough cool people. And, you know, therefore, you're a little bit more kind of conscious of your actions. You may not necessarily be yourself all the time. But then New York, you know, you make the case to say there's too much, right? Too too many things to do, too many people to see. And I think it's two equal sides, just opposite. And um, that's been very interesting. Seattle, of course, 
by that logic is a little more relationship focused. If people find someone, they want to kind of cling on. And I think knowing that I was going to leave maybe a year before I actually left, I'm like, I'm not really trying to do that. But then I have a lot of situations where it's like, Hey, you know, um, I really like you, but I don't want to hook up. And I'm like, okay. Okay. And then just like, well, because if we do hook up, I want this to be like a serious relationship. I'm Mm. like, we don't even know each other, but I understand that. So, you know, maybe that's a good sign. And then coming to New York, it's been like, all right, I'm just trying to get to know you either as fast as possible. Or sometimes it's like, you just know immediately because, you know, it's like, you just, you're interacting with so many people. And then of course, things start and end as, as fast as they start and end. Right. And that's been interesting to kind of see that and even get into that like sort of lifestyle myself, right. Where you go on a date or two and, I think I'm the type to just like first find a connection and then, you know, take it from there. But it's like, if it's, if it's not there or even the the logistics are kind of off, it's like, well, you know, don't force it, right. Go back Mm. living your lifestyle, you know, like fulfillment in your friend circle and whatever you, whatever other interests. So it's been fun. I've told myself that it's just focus on the learning, you know, through dating. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I When I talk to people who are kind of based, I feel like Seattle and SF are kind of similar in the way that they are tech hubs. Mm-hmm. A lot of similar kinds of people are drawn to those places with interests. Like maybe you are more, you like want a place to be surrounded by nature. You want to be able to hike. You want to, I don't know. It's just a different culture. And what I see with people kind of on the West Coast, and I don't know if I would include LA in this necessarily, but exactly what you said, it's, I feel like there's a lot, maybe, maybe there's just statistically, I don't know this for sure, more men who are like (laughs) in the dating pool than there (laughs) are women necessarily in those cities. I've heard the the ratio is like three to one. It's pushing three to one. Really? Okay. So it actually is like that bad. Yeah. Yeah. And it it makes sense also from an industry standpoint, right? Like you have these like tech and like finance to an extent, but just these like male dominated spaces, right? A lot of engineering, not even Mm -hmm. just tech. And I think that kind of leads to it. I mean, even like a human level, right? I've heard this and, you know, from multiple people, men and women, it's like, if you ask men and women what they value individually, men oftentimes will say they value comfort versus women will often say they value independence. Mm. And I think, you know, you look at the West Coast versus New York and you're getting basically that in a nutshell, kind of playing out in the environments. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something like two to one women, like New York. Damn near. Yeah. (laughs) Which, which you see every single day. Yeah. Uh, New York attracts like also really high caliber women, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people who are really career driven, who value like the way that they look, the way that they act, the things that they do. Like it's a it's a different kind of breed of person that is attracted to building a life here. Yeah, and I it's <laughs> interesting to hear that validated also in the way that people date because. I'm sure you see in New York and you said it yourself, it's like scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And there mm-hmm. being, <laughs> we've kind of <laughs> talked about this, but being a guy in New York, like women in New York can be aggressive when they oh, are yeah. looking for relationships or things that they want. They'll oftentimes go after that. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily passive about it. Yeah. Do you feel yeah. like you've experienced that here? Just a smidge. I feel like I remember even early on I experienced it, but I had no idea what was going on. Like, you know, um, I remember in October of last year, I met this lady at a, at a bar and, um, nearby we were, I was, you know, just kind of dancing, getting to know each other. And like, <laughs> I thought like 
TMI here, but she kept asking me, where do I live? And I'm like, oh, I'm like 10 minutes away. And, you know, go back to talking, dancing, whatever. And she's like, so where do you live again? I'm like, oh, like 10 minutes away, like walking distance, you know? I, and, you know, after like 30, more, 40 minutes of this, she kind of just, just disappeared. I'm like, huh, okay, that was weird. And then I like, I'm walking back home. I'm like, you know, to my buddy, I'm like, that was really weird. She just kept asking me, oh my goodness. Jesus. All right. You know, okay. We're going to learn from that and we're going to keep it moving from this point. <laughs> um, but in the same way, it's like, you know, kind of body language and signs. And like, and I think with that note, right, women here, you can tell have, you know, when they talk about dating, it's often a lot of war stories and horror stories. And men are just like, oh, this is great. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> and I think to really, really be like a successful lady in the dating space here, you got to have game. Like you truly have to know how to like, whether it's, you know, risen your way into even drinks, into getting to know someone at a bar or just like, you know, playing that don't be too easy sort of thing. I get it. And like, you know, because same tactics are used on the other side, but it's like, you know, you have to, that's what, that's what's going on at this age, especially. Right. So do you feel like, how do you primarily meet people and have you been dating in the past year since being here? Do you, have you been like consistent with anyone? What, what has it been like since being here? Yeah. I mean, for starters, I don't like the apps at all. I, it's just not for me, uh, respect to anyone else who of course uses them. I just, I just can't do the prompts and the pictures. I don't have like those types of dating app photos, right? There'll be like some candid shots of me behind the decks or like a shot with only half my face. And I'm like, all right, you know, like I look good on this half, but whatever. And just the, the texting just kind of drives me up the wall too. But I just, the way I've kind of looked at it and like even hearing from some of my like older cousins and uncles in various parts of the world, it's like focus on building the life that you want, meaning like going out with friends, being around cool people. If you see someone, be nice, respectful, go say hi. I think that's also a lost art form. And sometimes even in places where you necessarily shouldn't, like, you know, subways sometimes, if you just compliment someone's shoes or be like, hey, how was your night after whatever. It's like, you know, if, if they're willing to chat and have a, have a conversation in terms of the actual history of, of the freshman year so far. Um, I have been dating. I think the first, you know, six months, barely even six months, honestly, um, the first like four months was just getting settled. Right. And I kind of knew in the back of my mind, like, all right, you know, first two months, I don't even have my apartment set up the way that I wanted to. And it's like, if we're going to do this thing, I don't want it to be like reaching and, you know, having having doubts and it doesn't feel good right when you're like kind of not the best version of yourself so kind of taking the time to get settled first and then um I was seeing a girl who I was friends with actually early on like I think the, I met her the first week I moved to New York in September we we met through a friend of a friend at like a housewarming and then stayed friends I think she was seeing someone at the time but I kind of had my had my sights already and then after the new year I was traveling a bit she was traveling started talking a little more and then we started seeing each other in March and that kind of lasted through the end of April. So that was kind of the main consistent thing that I had. But, you know, as New York happens, sometimes just people change their minds on a dime. And, you know, and I think at the time also, I wasn't, I was actually still unemployed, right? I had got laid off from that startup and was just in the job search process. So the one thing I'll say was like, I think when you don't have that stability in your life from the things that are in mm. your control, you're looking for that stability in other ways. And so, you know, in hindsight, it's like, okay, I wouldn't have been that, like, the, like some of the actions taken, I'm like, yeah, I would have, pro- I was probably laying it on a little too thick there, you know? Yeah, that's uh, honestly, it's such an interesting call out. And the fact that you can acknowledge that, like, <laughs> see that, because yeah. I've been in situations where I've dated 
guys who are unemployed. Mm. Two of my <laughs> ex-boyfriends were employed and then unemployed while we were dating. And it's so true that like that lack of stability and not for any fault of them, you like you can't really yeah. you can't super control like when things like that happen in your life. Exactly. And this job market is shit. Like, and, <laughs> I mean, it has been in the past. It is really terrible right now, especially with all of the layoffs that happened at the beginning oh, yeah. of the year. Like, mm-hmm. everybody is looking for a job. Not to any fault of the person who lost their job, but it is so hard when you don't have something to fill your day with. Yeah. That yeah. if you're in a relationship or you're seeing someone, so much of your energy is kind of directed towards them for mm-hmm. better or worse. Yeah. And what's weird too is like, because when you're unemployed, I feel like a lot of people I know have kind of gone through this where it's like, you know, when you're unemployed, you only have one problem, right? It's like, that's, it's just getting a job. When you have a job, then you're like dealing with the, you know, what is my purpose and this, once you're like settled in your company, whatever else, and you have all these other kind of tiny things that irk at you. But I often feel like because of this one major thing, you kind of build a schedule for yourself, obviously you're on your own time. And then your energy is just a little bit more open because of course, in the back of mind, you're not thinking like I need a relationship because you know, you can't sustain it, but then it's, you know, your mind being a magnet, right? You end up attracting things that like, maybe you can't really sustain at that time. And I remember, you know, I think halfway through I started work, but even then, right, you're still adjusting. And it's like now about seven months at the company that I've been at very different, um, just time in my life. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I also find it interesting to see, Like this idea of when people in New York start to think like, all right, you know, maybe now we can start looking a little more seriously at things, Mm. right? Because maybe in smaller towns, I won't even just say Seattle, that, you know, you by 25, 26, you're like, okay, you're kind of getting up there, right? And I got this advice from a few people who are, you know, OGs in New York. And they're like, yeah, dude, that, that number doesn't probably, or that thought doesn't even cross their mind until like 29, 30, right? And because you have, and even then it doesn't have to, because you're in an environment where you can pretty much get whatever you want, whenever you want. Yeah. Which is such a privilege for men mm-hmm. because, you know, women yeah. don't have the same clock to be able to think so freely about, you know, I can at 29, 30 only just begin to start thinking about this. You know, in New York, generally, everything moves later. You know, people are protective of their time and they really believe in building like an independent life, whether it's, you know, man, woman, doesn't matter, um, anything in between. And that's makes a lot of sense. But when I think for me, like where I was when I was 24, 25, is so different now, now that I'm 26, 27, um, because I have to start thinking more critically about like things in my future, just just ever so slightly more, whereas men don't necessarily have to do that. Mm, (laughs) And you see that in New York. Like Mm -hmm. um, I was like talking to my trainer today and he was like, I'm going to break up with my girlfriend, this girl he's been with for four years. He's 50. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, he looks great for 50. He's sure. my, like my trainer. <laughs> like he he's like full of life and honestly doesn't doesn't look that old um, mm. at all and <laughs> would kill it. I'm sure on the dating scene, anybody would probably date him. But like he has the like privilege to do that. Yes, you know, he's fun. like he will be fine, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think that's so unique to people in New York, whereas you obviously look at these larger cities and other places and the idea is yes like let's settle down let's start a family Mm -hmm. and I was like catching up with some 
uh, like my old college roommate and she was saying, oh, this person's engaged. This person just got married. X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I am so far from that. Yeah. Um, but luckily, like in New York, it's not like unheard of to be far from that at the age of 27. I mean, oh, yeah, very much so. I mean, at the age of 25, like you're just like, you don't even have to think about it. I'm simply, I would say I'm, I would say I'm simply vibing, but I, I would also say like, I think even, you know, if you're like, we're both building a business here, right? And I think part of building a business is you do think a year out, even six months out, two years out, whatever, long-term always. And I think in the same way, like, especially being a DJ, right? There's a lot of, a lot of stereotypes and rumors and whatnot being associated with that. But I remember my dad's friends, whenever a lot of them were in the kind of industry in Seattle, and a lot of them were basically like doing artist relations for some of the older crop of like Dutch DJs, Armin van Buren, Tiesto, whatever. And compared to that new stereotype or new generation, like a lot of them were very much like family men. They were with the same lady from the jump. And like, you know, when they have to get when they get picked up from the airport and are driving everywhere it's like you know chatting with their kids and or just taking a, a minute or just having like really normal down-to-earth conversations and now I think like there's a purity maybe that's almost lost and like <laughs> and I, I totally understand it but I know when someone hears like you're a DJ like, oh, <laughs> like the red flags yeah. go flying up or just like oh yeah so you know like you're unserious about stuff you know it's just like and I'm like yo I'm, I've been doing this for a while and I don't want to you know keep having to qualify myself every time but yeah sometimes I just say I'm an artist or something it's at least slightly more interesting to talk about, you know? Do you feel like you are looking for a relationship? You're looking for something more steady or now are you kind of like, whatever, I'm 25, like, let me have my fun? No, I'm certainly open to it. I think, um, I don't know. I, I actually think deep down, unless you've had those relationships, I think people are always still looking for that intimacy. Um, maybe unless like, you know, you're not happy with where you are, maybe spiritually or materialistically. Right. But um, I think for me, I can definitely say, yeah, like I'm, I enjoy that like consistency and just almost, I think the idea is like building something with someone, right? Because for, for however long it lasts, you're definitely going to learn stuff and kind of become better individuals. And yeah, and the feeling is great, you know, where like you're talking to someone who just understands you and vice versa. I certainly have that LeBron James fantasy of like having the high school sweetheart or rather having your, the lady who's been in your life from the jump and seeing the whole growth, right? Versus, you know, catching you at like your best yeah, just like having a real partner is a, is a cool idea. But I think you can't really look for it. And as someone who's like only child, type A, go-getter, I've definitely been on that looking, looking for, for some time. But then realizing even in, in my line of work, it's like sometimes you just have to trust your universe, which is something I'm still working on. And like and realize that opportunities and, and good things come when they are meant to arise, right? And just kind of following your gut, whether it's in music or in love. So, so you said that you haven't, like you're not really into apps like that. So yeah. how do you meet people? I mean, obviously you DJ, I'm sure that yeah. is a conduit. <laughs> yeah, of sorts. In fact, I have my qualms about meeting people in the club like that. Mm. Um, I think sometimes even I have my, my thing about just like going to a club and just enjoying it. But of course, like there's a lot of cool people who go to said venues and events. I would say mixed bag. A lot of friends of friends for sure. Um, and I'm definitely the type to go up to people and, you know, say, hi, I think the last, oh man, I want to say the last like three, four girls that I've been seeing have just all been from like, Hey, what's up? Then it's, you know, you start a conversation, whatever have you, and then drinks first and see what happens. And you know, there's this immediate like interest sharing that happens, right? If you're at the same event at the same time of year, there's all these other factors that kind of come into it. And this is more 
more spice, you know, versus just the the swipe for me personally. So yeah, definitely the the in-person game, if you will. Um, I really enjoy that. There's definitely an adrenaline rush there for sure too. <laughs> do you feel like you are the one usually making the first move in person or do you feel like others are making the move on you? I think, so actually I had this conversation with my buddy. Um, he calls it the, the hunter-gatherer um, theory where it's basically like, you're either a hunter or a gatherer. And now once I've said it, you kind of know what you're doing, right? There's some people, guys and girls, they just put out a vibe and people come to them. I think f- for me, I'm like, yeah, I'm not waiting for that. <laughs> like we need to make this happen. And um, so it's it's almost like a spiritual thing, right? It's like after years and years of putting out a vibe, you just naturally are a gatherer. But after years and years of like going to go get it and just making it happen, you are naturally a hunter. And maybe there's like a gender kind of um, correlation there as well, I'm sure. But um, yeah, certainly one to not wait around. Although trying it, and I'm sure actually, the other thing is is like, in the relationships that have been really good, there really hasn't been much need for that. It's like, it always just feels easy when it's with the right people, right? You're not forcing anything, whatever have you. And I think that I've gotten better at where it's like, yeah, okay. You know, after the initial kind of walking up to them, whatever, or just friends of friends, if you're not getting that and just becoming kind of too frictional or whatever else, just like calmly exit the situation. Maybe it'll come around again, but for now, just do your thing. Yeah, I this might be a hot take, but I feel like a lot of people chase that spark and that mm. like initial connection, which is so fun when it happens. Mm. But I think those kind of really intense like first connections you might have with someone, like maybe you go on a date and it lasts like multiple, multiple hours, yeah. um, sometimes overnight or multiple days. Or mm-hmm. I, I know girls who, you know, have gotten flown out and X, Y, and Z, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's like such a New York City yeah. girl thing, right? Of <laughs> like, and, of I mean, major cities, you know, it happens. Major cities, in the yeah. US. yeah. LA, Miami, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, that those connections are oftentimes the ones that don't last. They're the ones that sort of fizzle, the ones that are the most exciting at the beginning. I think the connections that do are the ones that feel, like you said, comfortable and stable. Mm, And which which is a bit counterintuitive because I think a lot of people do search for that, like, if I feel it, I'm going to know and I'm going to feel it immediately. Mm. And I don't know if I necessarily believe or prescribe to that. Yeah, no, I I like that idea. I mean, I think, you know, if we actually, if, if... Maybe the first example, right, of like the the really exciting ones also end as quickly as they start, right? For every action, equal and opposite reaction, right? And I think it kind of makes sense in that context. Yeah, I think there have been times, especially in Seattle, I'd say, where it's like it's been a slow burn, right? And maybe you have that initial like chemistry for sure. I think that's needed in any situation. But you're right. It's like because of that slow burn, you know, you end up being friends for a little while. There's some doubt on both sides. Maybe eventually it happens. And you, it kind of goes for a while. But with those same people, I'm like, you know, now that we're living in different cities, like there's still that like that energy and there's still that tension, which I think is is cool that it's even there in the first place, right? Because of that, the nature of how it started. Yeah, I mean, patience, right? Patience while dating is a, is certainly a an art form that not a lot of people have, I feel like. not Especially not in New York. Not in New York, yeah. Everybody's like on to the next best thing. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the other thing is also like, when people are dating someone, right? When you're having an, a discussion with someone or a conversation, rather, it's like, what are you really looking for yourself, right? It's like, can you explain why you like someone, right? 
or why you don't like someone, right? If it's kind of these arbitrary things of like, I don't know, they didn't wear the right shoes or like they don't live in the right part of town. I mean, yeah, of course, these are all factors that play a role. But like, you know, are you really taking this seriously? I mean, I've, I've heard so many times guys and girls like, oh, yeah, I'm just not really excited about this date, but we'll see how it goes. I'm like, okay, you're already you've already set yourself up for mm-hmm. how this is going to go. And the conversation is going to play out exactly as how you envisioned it, right? You have to go in almost as excited as possibly can be, right? And that's why I'm not like lining up dates every week. And as, as I've heard some some folks do, just, you know, trying to take it one step, one date at a time and really like focus and and try to get an understanding of that person before making any wild assumptions or whatever else. So somebody who's like a self-proclaimed hunter, like oh how, yeah. <laughs> how do you like what do you do when you approach a woman you're interested in? Like, how do you riz? Because oh, man. How for the do people I riz? who like Oof. are don't know how to do that, who are listening to the podcast, like, wow. what is some advice you can give? I think so. This is an interesting one where, like, the idea of like, if I told you my line, and I'm sure I will in a second, but if I told you my line, it may not work for that person. So, you know, guys who kind of share the the details, the specific details of what they say. It's like for them, some people, just the delivery works. Like some people can just say, hi, I'm so-and-so and smile. And then it's just like, you know, waterfalls and we're just good to go. Right. I think other times it's like, you have to maybe make a joke or a cra- or like, like a crass joke or something. And I think for me, oftentimes I recently, I get away with the, with the hi, I'm so-and-so depending on the right setting. Like if it's a you know, um, I'm South Asian. So in this case, if it's like a South Asian related event, and there is like this kind of cultural comfort that's already ingrained in the, in the place that we're at, um, it's very easy to be like, hi, I'm so-and-so, what's your name? And, you know, other times if it's just a, you know, like a completely random situation, maybe it comes, it calls for like kind of standing out a little bit. Like we were like, Hey, I like your shoes or something. I think the shoes is a, is a classic one or just notice something about them. I think I'm the, what do you call it? Like a, an HSP, highly sensitive person. I've heard that before from, from multiple people, including my therapist. The idea is like, you're kind of more sensitive to things around you. Right. And so it's like, you kind of pick up on something like, Oh, you know, when she walks in the way her like hair drapes or whatever else. Right. And I think that's always a very nice way to start a conversation. So like noticing little details and I think being calm too, you know, that's a big one, right? Your energy that you give off in the first like 15, 30 seconds kind of sets the tone. So is that the line? Is the line like, oh, I like your shoes or I like your mm-hmm. hair? It's happened a couple why? times. It's happened a couple times or even like, you know, it's so funny enough, this happened twice on the subway now in the last few months where it's like one time this girl was wearing a pair of like white um, Nike Jordans, but they had like Jordan ones, but they had like this kind of weird outline. And I was just like, yo, I've never seen that outline before. Right. So it's not just the, I like your shoes. You know, what's your name? It's kind of like you, you just approach as though you're getting to know the person in front of you. Right. Even at a bar um, being like, you know, what are you looking at on this menu? Right. It's like, don't even think too hard about it. It's just like Mm. treat her like a human being and let's start from there. You know, Sometimes like, especially in clubs when there's so many assumptions made already, as soon as someone like a guy walks up to a girl, you got to be just mindful of like what the other person could think of before you even said a word. So yeah. So have you gone out with someone you met on the subway? Ooh, um, the first time this ever happened was actually a girl that I knew. I didn't, we both didn't realize for like 30 seconds because she had done her hair in a completely different way. And I think we had met like very briefly through friends of friends, like almost a year before then. And then she's like, oh, wait a minute. 
I know you. I'm like, are you? Oh my goodness. Okay, right. My bad. She's like, you fucking idiot. I'm like, hey, 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 you did this too. This is a this is an equal thing. And then we like walk back. We lived in the same part of Williamsburg, and then that was that. Had a laugh and kept it moving. But um, actually, no, I have not gone out with anyone on the subway yet. I um, still chatting with one of the ladies actually. But I remember, like, I think most recently. At this this place in Williamsburg called Juneshine. I remember it was a Sunday morning. I think we were all devilishly hungover, and we had woken up after a night out to go watch like a Premier League game at some bar nearby. And we're like, after the match, we're still dead tired. We're like, okay, let's just grab a drink at Juneshine, some good probiotic gut health, and then keep it moving. And then I think I saw a group of girls walk in. I think it's like eight of them, and I'm like oh my gosh, this one. And then like I you know kind of nudge my friends. I'm like, you seeing this? And they're like, yep, 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 yep. And then I'm like. I think I'm going to say something to her. And she's, and they're like, dude, just like eight people. Like, don't bother her. I'm like, that's the whole point. I'm going to say, I don't mean to bother you. And so I literally, you know, on the way out, I'm like, I don't mean to interrupt your, your lady's Sundays here, but I just think you're gorgeous. Wanted to know your name. And, and that was great. Um, still, still talking, still, you know, getting to know each other. So we'll see how that one goes. Okay, Riz. <laughs> Rizzler over here. <laughs> the Rizzler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in the Rizliamsburg, you know. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so when what are you looking for? Like when mm. like what attracts you to someone? See, this is actually something that if I had the answers, I feel like I wouldn't be in the same situation that I'm in right now. I think this is something that comes with age, right? It all depends. I wouldn't say I necessarily have a type. Um, I think it is always nice to date someone with either some sort of cultural background and that kind of then coincides with like interests, right? Whether it's listening to more ethnically flavored music, whether it's like reggaeton or even Indian stuff or Brazilian stuff, like that's always nice. I just like a, like an internal confidence is nice, right? I think someone who just kind of knows themselves and it doesn't mean that they're like a creative. It just means someone that, you know, is just happy with who they are. And I think like just puts out that vibe. I think I'm overall consistent with that. You know, sometimes we all get in our heads about stuff, but I think that's kind of the main few things. And, and if we're talking about like stages in life, right? Someone who's also still kind of on that. Yeah. You know, I'm working on this, on my career. This is where I'm at. This is where I want to be a little bit of ambition. I think it just makes for a more sustainable sort of relationship, right? If there's like an immediate end goal, I think within like the first year or so, it's like, oh, I need to be here and then I can chill. Or I want to meet someone, then I can chill. I think for me, it like loses a little bit of that excitement, if that makes sense. So it, it loses excitement if... If the person has like, um, I'm trying to think like, yeah, you know, I just I just don't really like my job right now. And I just, I just mm. don't know what I'm going to do. But once I get it, like, it'll be fine, right? It's like, okay, well, like, let's talk through this. Like, you know, what are you thinking? Whatever have you. Okay, so then, you know, all right, like I want to create this and I want to do this. And I think you know, even like an open-mindedness. It's nice to hear about what people want to do in life, right? I want to live here for a couple of years. I want to try this out. That mindset, of course, comes in at different stages for everyone, right? Sometimes people need that stability, maybe even a significant relationship for that to even kind of flourish. Yeah, somebody who's at, who has ambitions, who yeah. has goals they're working towards. Totally. <laughs> on, the, on the physical side, man, it, like I, I think it's truly like a, like, both internal and external, right? It's like some people just put out a vibe and like you can't help it but being like, this lady has like a buzz cut and tattoos and even spaces, but she's, I don't know, she's got the eyes or something or just something about her, right? Like even that too is cool. And I think like that's always interesting from a physical standpoint, but you know that always phases or, you know, phases out. And so I think like that ambition, that kind of 
dynamicism in someone's personality is very nice. Somebody who's cultural, somebody who's ambitious. That's a big and one. And physically, like, what I'm hearing, <laughs> either unique or has that, like, je ne sais quoi, like, exactly. had some sort of style or draw to them. Yeah. That's spice, right? I mean, That's come on. spice. Like, yeah, so we all have it ingrained in us, or at least some of us do, right? Like, we, we need more spice in this world, I think. That's what does keep it exciting. Spice and respect. How about that? <laughs> spice and respect. Yeah, for both. <laughs> so out of all of the kind of dates that you've gone on in the past mm. year, have there been anything that, like, are there any standouts or are there any in, in either a good or a bad way? Hmm. I think the first date, hell, even I can be nervous sometimes, right? I think, like, the standouts are the ones where it's just, like, you drop the BS as soon as possible and you're just kind of, like, able to crack like left field jokes and just like, like you said, you know, you're just comfortable with that person early on and then you start to lose track of time and things like when you're walking around, changing locations, grabbing a drink, then getting hungry, then grabbing food, then going somewhere else. Like that smoothness is very nice to kind of observe. I would say those are the, those are the big ones, but I, I feel like, you know, first date, none of them have got too crazy. You know, it's like drinks first. I don't know, depending on the time of day, walk in a park. Yeah, you know, it all all depends. Do you have, like, I I know some people have their, like, date spots, the places that they, like, absolutely (laughs) go over and over and over again. See, I tried this controlled environment thing, Mm -hmm. but then there's too many cool date spots for this to, like, be a controlled environment thing. It's like, oh, sometimes, you know, I always ask, like, what part of the city do you live in? And then I'll just go to my Google Maps and, you know, which looks like a COVID outbreak at this point. And just be like, oh, okay, there's like 10 places that I've kind of been interested in around you or something. I'm like, let me just go check it out. You know, I think for some people they're, you know, crossing a body of water or going to and from is like a little bit, you know, like not on the first date. I'm like, sure, I'm happy to explore with you if you want to join in. So that's been really fun. Yeah, I, that, that is like, I think some people view dating as like a chore or a job. So they have mm. it down to a science of like the places they like to go and the things like yeah. I have a friend who goes to Kazunori so often on dates like they oh, wow. literally know him there <laughs> I went with him once and I had to clarify that I was not a date <laughs> I, have, um, <laughs> I have that one place in Williamsburg actually it's called Bar Blondeau and I don't even almost like intentionally set a first date there because it's quite, I would say it's like relatively bougie for like even Williamsburg standards, but I just end up there pretty often. It's, it's always just great vibes, right? Especially on like a second or third date. But yeah, I think, I think by now they're like, they kind of get the, <laughs> they get <laughs> they're the like, idea. we know you. Yeah. I'll show up every like couple of months and they're like, all right, all right, we see what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I feel like there's also the other kind of dater in New York who's like, I just want to try a bunch of new places mm-hmm. there's like a million places i'd like to go and i'm yeah. open so yeah, exactly because it's like if you're going to see that one person for the one time you might as well just like you know have a new experience with them right and like see what ends up coming out of it but i'd love to try like you know a beach day off rip like with someone that you like meet out right like maybe the following morning instead of waiting a couple of days to text them you know as part of the game like you just say hey i'm hungover you're hungover we both know how this works like rock away and i think that we'll see how that goes, you know. But yeah, you, it sounds like you want somebody who's like spontaneous and like down mm-hmm. to move and like d- do things for the experience of it, and like has the same sort of enthusiasm around things that like totally. you do. Totally, because I, I mean, if I was on the receiving end, I'd be like, "Oh hell yeah! Like absolutely, mm-hmm. let's try this out." I don't know if this is going to be a terrible decision or not, but we're going to find out and have a good time, you know. So, I love that. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would want to add? for somebody who might be listening, who might be interested, like, 
of what would kind of draw your attention? People are just interesting, especially people in New York, right? Even if you're not doing anything creative, it's always interesting to hear about like the, oh, I'm, you know, originally from Ecuador, but my, you know, parents are from Arizona and now I'm a sommelier, right? I'm like, holy shit, you know, this is, this is crazy, right? And, you know, even the people are like, yeah, I'm from Jersey, but my parents came here when I was like 10 or 11 and they don't speak English and I'm kind of like the lady of the household. And I'm like, wow, you know, that's, that's really dope, right? So I think there's really nothing that, you know, it's kind of either in you or not, right? Like some uniqueness, some kind of, some flavor to it, right? I mean, yeah, I feel like you just know it when you, when you hear it for anyone listening. <laughs> Do you feel like you want to date somebody who's like as into nightlife as you are? Like mm-hmm. somebody who would show up to your sets and like stay out late with you if they have to, like, is that something you think you would prioritize in somebody you want to date? Ooh, I, so funny enough, I would consider myself on the nightlife side a pretty balanced individual because I've been going clubbing with my parents actually for a minute, right? And like, I'm, you know, with the fakes, my dad and I went to Berlin together. Um, I've done drugs with my parents, the whole shebang. And Have you actually? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, my dad. What, what like, my dad league took, of brown parents do you have? I'm different <laughs> gravy, man. I mean, like, my, my dad grew up like, in kind of the outskirts of Bombay doing all kinds of street nonsense. And my mom, I think, was a little bit more goody two-shoes, but, you know, I guess she was into that, so then by all means. Was um, it a love marriage? It was a love marriage, yeah. I think because of that, um, they've always been like, you know, live your life, but just be balanced about it, right? Like, if you're going to drink alcohol, drink good quality alcohol. Don't do the cheap stuff, whatever else. I remember I was a kid in high school, like who'd show up to a party with like Bombay Sapphire and mango juice, right? I'm like, I don't want to deal with the skull and the in the natty and stuff. And um, went to USC, so obviously, you know, basically like great beers, whatever at your various tailgates and functions. Um, but in the same way, it's like when it comes to DJing and just going out, it's like an ideal night is you know obviously like a banger rave or whatever. But you're the next night is just kind of calm and like you know maybe you go to the beach, maybe you walk around in a park, get a good meal, and just kind of like find that middle ground, right? Where you're not just like completely killing yourself, like back to back to back weekends and just going crazy with the, with the performance answers and and whatnot. So in the same way with dating, I think like someone who's just balanced is nice, right? I've dated one person in Seattle where just every time, I think our first date was just like dinner. And then we were back at my place doing um substances till like 4 a.m on like a weeknight i'm like you know this is no like we can't be doing this this is not this is not sustainable so i think and she was of course a dj as well so there's there's that element of like you know when you're both kind of in the same space you just multiply right but yeah i think the same way as well like you know i want to be able to support that person right if they're i don't know in the art space or you know they're working on whatever it's like yo you know like Let's, let's talk about it. Let's, you know, whatever you need, like, I'm also here for you in that way. So I think like a nice 50, 50, I don't. Yeah. You want someone who's balanced, who yeah. can like do it if they have to or want to, but like doesn't necessarily need to be all about the life. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think open-mindedness, right. And, you know, I, I consider myself a pr- pretty open-minded person, but the same way it's like, yeah, okay. You know, I've heard a couple songs that you've shown me from this DJ. We'll go check it out, you know, and like giving me like an honest answer back and being like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Or eh, it was kind of whatever. Like that's always fun too. Right. Cause you're, you know, teaching each other things about music or what have you. Right. If I'm on the receiving end. So yeah. All right. Well, we end every episode with a segment called shots. They're rapid mm-hmm. fire. This or that questions. Are you ready to do some shots? Let's do some shots. 
All right. Early bird or night owl? Night owl. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Work hard or play hard? Oof. I mean, I guess you have to say both, but I mean, if I didn't have to work so hard, then if, yeah, I mean, if I had it my way, play hard, of course, right? Dine out or delivery? Mm, depends on my mood. I think I'm going to go step out actually for a solo dinner after this. I'm feeling it. So yeah. I think I'm going to do that as well. Amazing. How about that, right? <laughs> uh, laundry or dishes? Hmm. There's something therapeutic, and I think, in um, washing dishes and even like putting them away. So I'm going to say dishes. Wait, do you have a washer dryer in unit? I do. I you do. do. The thing is, it's one of the the um, the European type. Oh, it's like a combo ones. one. It's a combo one, so it takes mm-hmm. a long time to dry, and it kind of wrinkles the clothes. But we yeah, have it's, like it takes the, like six hours to do yeah, one load yeah. of laundry. It's gentle on the fabric, so it's nice. But I think like you know, I think it's we have our little like main like standard industry ones next, like in the hallway. So we'll just run that. Oh, you got laundry on the floor as well? Laundry on the floor. Hey, I mean, that is what you can get in, in these days, right? Biggest flex. <laughs> and you, do you have a dishwasher? I do have a dishwasher. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm doing something wrong living in Greenwich Village. I'm very thankful <laughs> for, for this building, for this unit. Yeah, can't complain. <laughs> yeah, you got a good space. Uh, TikTok or Instagram? I, you know, that's interesting. I think both places have... I think if you use social media to like learn about things, then both are great. I think Instagram sometimes has this weird pressure because everyone kind of knows everyone, right? So you're like keeping up and I've heard that it's more anxiety inducing just subconsciously. So I'll probably say TikTok just because like, you know, you can just be in your own world, but TikTok is also draining. So, you know, I do, you know, I'd say both, but ideally none. <laughs> money or fame? Uh, Money. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, well, man, if there's a third option to say leverage, I'd say leverage. Interesting, okay. Yeah. Coke or Pepsi? Hmm, Pepsi, because it reminds me of, like, international travel. Yeah, because like, you're not getting a Pepsi stateside. You almost never are, you know? I feel like when I'm traveling, I'm getting Coke also. Like, how many places in Asia, though, where you're like, yeah, okay, Coke is always accessible, right? But, like, it's always the Pepsi and the tiny, like, bottle. So you're thinking, like, thumbs up, like, Limka yeah, type. Maybe it's, yeah, exactly. The thumbs up is really calling my name right now. And a Pepsi kind of tastes like that, you know? Yeah, Pepsi is kind of, like, more similar yeah, to a thumbs exactly. up. Exactly. A little escapism is going on there. Yeah. Spicy or mild? Oh, spicy. I mean, I'd be lying. This entire conversation would be a lie otherwise. Coffee date or drinks date? Drinks. I, yeah, things just feel too tight on a coffee date. Favorite season? Hmm. Like pre-summer. Like May when sunset is just going crazy. Like I call it the infinity dusk, you know, and like especially in LA when it just stays for hours and like time feels like it stops. So yeah. What's your favorite song right now? Oh, there's this um, Arabic girl named Noor, N-O-U-R, and she has a song which I have no idea what it means in Arabic, but it's like this very somber garage like uk garage song with her singing arabic over it it's beautiful i think it's been on my most replayed on spotify for the last two months that's that's the one you can find it on her spotify what is your drink of choice well now that we're back in the winter anything that's like bourbon or whiskey like a liquor ford cocktail is great i feel like some of the other stuff you get into the issue of like is it too fruity is there any alcohol in there but if we're if we're going out, then you have to be smart and you have to be sustainable. So either like, you know, like a seltzer or like tequila. 
What is your favorite dating app? <laughs> I guess I could say Riot because there's some interesting people on there. Um, I'll just peruse that every so often. I don't think I've ever maybe sent a like a couple times, but nothing's ever come out of it. It's just interesting to see sometimes. What would you rate yourself out of 10? Hmm. This number is going up with time. That we can, I can definitely promise people. Um, I would say <laughs> I'm putting myself at like an A, eight and a half. If you had a boat, what would you name it? Oh, easy, easy. Ferengi boat. There's no other way to put it. <laughs> All right. That's it. Thank you so much yeah. for being on. If you're interested in matching with our guest, you can go to either the description in the podcast to our flow page, flow.page slash drinks first, or go to our Instagram at drinks.first and you can find the matching form link in bio. So please slide in if you're interested romantically or platonically. And I am your host, Ariana Nathani. Thanks for being on. Thanks for taking the time.